2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning. What a volatile time in the history of the United States of America. We have been saying for quite some time that we believe that there is going to be a major birth pang and that that major birth pang for this woman in travail is at the door. And I believe that what is happening with the Roe versus Wade The situation is going to be connected to the birth pang that is coming. Interesting, isn't it? Abortion and a birth pang. Very, very interesting. Uh, We have been listening to people on the left, regardless of where you stand in your Christian faith. I mean, regardless, it's always good to end a law uh, nearing 50 years of the shedding of innocent blood, the mass murder And, uh, you know, many people in society think, well, if God didn't do anything during the last 50 years, well, what makes you think anything's going to happen now? And we'll see. And what does that mean? That now after 50 years of the shedding of innocent blood, everything is okay. Everything is normal. So these are things that are going on in the world. I want to take a biblical perspective At These things in just a moment, but I would just like to invite everybody to join us on Rev Media today. If you have not yet checked out our website, so when we are Vamanos off of YouTube or Facebook, you know where to go, and that's just simply www.omegaradio.org, omegaradio.org, and you can listen live or you can watch live, and that's where you'll always be able to find us when we do our broadcasts. Also want to invite everybody to check us out on nwmglobal.org that's our website for new wine ministries nwmglobal.org you could find us there as well and always on omega radio on facebook and on youtube under new wine ministry tv Vincent Xavier they got me clipped for just a little bit but that's okay um so Barking dogs, I think I want to start there, or do I want to reserve that? Let me just say, um, for the barking dogs, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about dogs, okay? And it's usually not in a very good ter- uh, setting. Uh, for example, um, I'll just read the Psalm twenty-two sixteen. Psalm twenty-two sixteen says, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked having closed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. So here in the prophetic utterance of the psalm prophecy, the dogs associated with the wicked, uh, the dogs have compassed. Um, So in Isaiah chapter 56, uh, this again, kind of infamous setting, talking about the watchmen. He said, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. And the next verse in Isaiah 56, 11, Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one of his gain from his quarter. And then you go over to the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 3. And it says, I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay and the dogs to tear, Mm, the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. So again, dogs are used. Well, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6 in the New Testament, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, Neither cast ye your pearls before swine. All right. So Matthew 15, 26. But he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. All right. And so uh, in, let's go down to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 2. Beware of dogs beware of evil workers beware of the concision and then finally in revelation 22:15, 15 we're told for without the kingdom are dogs and sorcerers and you know what a dog is we all know what a dog is beware of dogs and in the setting it's a kuna kuna uh, a man of impure mind is the metaphorical meaning uh, meaning so metaphorically a dog is a man of impure mind an impudent man, a hound. All right. So very, very interesting in the definitions, a impure mind. Okay. A man of impure mind. Now today, the dogs are barking very loudly on the left. If you've been following uh, a lot of the news clips, I love Greg Kelly at night. I love what he does. He puts it all together so well. He's got all that you know big industry to help him get these things done and uh but he put it together so well where you hear all these people on the left from the president to the vice president to the view uh, people think that's a great show i've never seen it before in my life don't want to see it uh, but you get these little clips along the way and they're all so concerned even mr Oberg fell. you know behind me right now there's a setting of the capitol steps i was on those steps on in june of 2015 when the Ogrefeld decision came down from the Supreme Court of the United States that opened the door to legalize homosexual marriages, lesbian marriages, anybody could get married. They made it a legal issue. I was on those steps, with Pastor Ken Wagner and Pastor Michael Villarin, we actually filmed that, and uh, we were there when the decision came down. We watched the homosexual community go crazy, and we, with broken hearts, just basically said, you've just damned your souls to an everlasting hell. Uh, if you don't repent of this, because when something's legal, everybody cheers. So they're all going to do it and they get deeper into the snare of eternal damnation. And that's a really sad thing. We weren't angry. We weren't yelling, rebuking. We were actually pleading with people. And there they were giving us water and thanking us for being so kind about our response to the decision. And rather than be angry, our hearts were broken. It's true. It really did happen. So that happened on the steps behind us. I've been on those steps many, many, many times uh, for different reasons. And today, at the Capitol buildings and what you're starting to see, a summer of violence, talk about a summer of violence, right? We've seen the previews. Well, I believe with what may be coming down the pike, if this decision is true, and they overturn Roe versus Wade, um, well, you still have 50 years of blood on your hand. I don't think that's going to just go away in the wink of an eye. Um, I think some people on the right are going to be very, very happy and praising God with all their hearts for that decision, uh, because that's a good thing to go away anyways, regardless. But then you're going to have a very angry mob. And on the left, you could hear, boof, boof. The the barking of Kamala Harris, woof, we're not going back, woof. And you can hear uh, Warren, Elizabeth Warren, woof, 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 woof. They're all barking, right? These barking dogs. Uh, You know, we want to have a woman's right. As my brother told me this morning, you know, they, they just put a Supreme Court justice in from the left that can't give a definition of what a woman is. And yet now they want to protect women's rights. Insanity, right? So the insanity doesn't leave. In fact, I think things are going to start cooking a little bit more. It's going to get hot. Uh, But you're going to hear a lot of barking dogs. Um, You're going to hear watchmen that don't know how to bark. You know, that's a sad thing because they're sleeping dogs. Um, The bottom line is that we live in a volatile world. We live in a volatile season. This issue is going to divide the nation even more. While the Republicans uh, stomach the last 50 years of the conservatives or the moralists, they stomach the... 50 years of shedding of innocent blood. By the way, let's be very clear about this. Every innocent baby whose blood was shed from a fetus, because remember, life is in the blood. So when that blood was shed, that was a sacrifice uh, to strengthen the demonic forces. Now, what you're going to find about, you remember all those movies, The Walking Dead? Well, what you have on the left, people that have rejected Jesus Christ, is a demon-possessed society. Now, if you take away their blood ritual, if you take away their satanic ritual and you overturn it, and, of course, you know, that's federally, then each state is going to have to do it. But all these demon-possessed people who have been kind of normal because of the bloodletting that's been going on, well, all of a sudden there's no more blood, there's no more sacrifice. The demons are going to get very angry, and you're going to start seeing a demon-possessed society manifest. I'm not making that up. I believe this is very, very genuine. It's biblical. Uh, Two-thirds of Jesus's ministry was casting demons out of people. Um, I think the church is going to be very, very busy, the true church, if they're engaged in casting out a lot of demonic spirits. Because again, you have a population within this nation, it's all over the world, but in this nation that has been satisfied or tempered by the blood rituals and the demonic spirits have been appeased. Now these demon spirits dwell in the minds of these people that advocate abortion. So now the demons are gonna get agitated, the demons are gonna get angry, and before you know it, the possession is gonna begin. And remember, these demons sting, and so people long for death, but they can't die. This is very cruel, isn't it? But this is what's going on in our society. Uh, The overturning of Roe versus Wade is not for the betterment of our society. Again, it's like Donald Trump's victory as president. It's an acceleration to the end times. We, again, are in something that you cannot turn back. A woman in travail doesn't just get up off the table and say, time out. I'm not ready to give birth. It doesn't work that way. You are in something and there is no turning back. And Kamala Harris is right about that when she said, We are not going back. The only problem with her is that they've been going in the wrong direction so long, they just keep leading the nation into perdition, right? Well, we're not going back from a biblical perspective is you're getting ready to enter into the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth, so there is no turning back. A woman in travail, there is no turning back. Well, their desire to maintain certain laws in society, uh, that's just the, the satanic Thing and these people that are starting to bark right now—the barking dogs uh, on the left in society today—the uh, the nighttime news, the you know the uh, comedians at night, the sitcoms at night, the TV shows at night. Um, what do they call the late night shows? Whatever they are, uh, you're going to hear a lot of barking. woof woof woof. woof they're all going to bark. Uh, you're going to hear on the left at CNN, like we already heard, but Overfeld, oh, I'm going to fight for my life, because the next thing that's going to happen, says somebody on The View, uh, the next thing they're going to take away, uh, gay marriage would, to God, it never existed, right? We wouldn't be in the trouble that we're in as a society if we would have kept that stuff out of the public psyche, Uh, but, you know, this abortion and homosexuality came around and 1972, 50 years ago, for abortion. In 2015, it was all legalized in the country for the homosexual marriages. If those things would have never hit the society, if we would have maintained our moral condition, regardless of the troubles we faced and our, and our, pro, our problems, we would have been able to face them with a lot more vim and vigor. Whereas right now, the vim and vigor of our society is people that are doing evil, leading the nation into this uh, debauch, uh, debauchery that we live in now. So, I don't see Roe versus Wade being an issue. Now, that's going on in the world. It is a biblical concept, and it needs to be rightly understood. We need to understand the Bible talks about the dogs are coming to tear to pieces. And I wouldn't be surprised by the demonic possession of the people on the left that the barking dogs are going to instruct them to go out and start going crazy. I think you're going to see that in different cities and in different states uh, going from this time forward. We'll see what happens with the Roe v. Wade decision, if that was truly something that was going to turn and overturn that law. Now, a lot of the uh, uh, the sleeping dogs of Bible prophecy watchmen uh, think that if this, is, if this ends, all of a sudden this huge weight is going to leave the country and everything's going to be like, ah, oh, what a relief. Not so. I mean, some people are going to be relieved, but the majority of the people that supported it, they're not going to be so relieved. So I disagree with that, you know, presumption as well, um, and I maintain that regardless of what happens here, we're in the bits of a fulfilling and unfolding prophecy. And so, for the church, keep getting ready, keep getting ready. But let's shift for just a moment into kingdom things, kingdom thinking, for the well-being and the betterment of the ecclesia, of the ecclesia, and I want to refer to. The time we're in, and I want to share a little bit of the Hebrew, okay, and I would encourage you um, last night, take what you're going to hear today and go back last night, go to Facebook, go to YouTube, listen to some of the groundwork information that I shared last night about the month ER that we are in right now, which is also known as ZEV, and I want to talk a little bit further about that. There's a mystery in the month that we're living in. And I want you to become affiliated with the mystery because it's a now moment. This is happening in real time right now. You need to step into it by faith and allow the spirit to move you into the blessing of where you are right now in your life personally, spiritually, physically, solically, financially, relationally, health-wise you need to get in on this. You need to understand. You need to go back to last night's message, and you need to hear our Wednesday night Bible study. We jumped right into it. And you need to to just listen and and absorb and feed on the reality of this. And and again, this is in the Bible. It is food for the Spirit, and it needs to be properly understood. So last night, there was a lot of You know, the wonderful things that were being unveiled and revealed. Well, I want to go a little deeper today. And this is uh, a a website that I found and I love it. Um, It's Hebrew for Christians. Okay. And we're going to talk about the Kodesh ER. The Kodesh ER, a month anticipating revelation. This is the month anticipating revelation. So I'm going to read the article to you, and it begins this way. The second month of the traditional Jewish calendar, as reckoned from the month of Nisan, we know that's the first month, is called ER. ER. In the Torah, this month is simply called the second month, i.e. Kodesh Sheni. Though later it was called ziv or zif, which was a Canaanite loan word. So they took this word from the Canaanite. That means to glow or blossom, perhaps suggesting the growing season of early spring. Now, 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1, the word ziv may be related to the word zuv, meaning a flow or gush of fluid, a flow or gush of fluid. Now, the fluidity that we talk about here is the golden oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So uh, a flow or a gush, and you go back to the day of Pentecost, and what happened on the day of Pentecost, which was in the month uh, Sivan, okay, the third month, quite frankly, um, as we get to Shavuot 50 days later, Um, But let's keep looking at this. Let's keep looking at this. Like most other Hebrew months, the name was later changed sometime after the Babylonian captivity. E.R. usually falls in April or May on the Gregorian calendar. The month always lasts 29 days, and Rosh Kodesh is therefore observed for two days, i.e. the last day of Nisan, which is the first month and the first day of the new month. It was during this month that those who were unable to observe Passover were allowed to celebrate a second Passover, exactly 30 days later on ER 14. And you see that in Numbers chapter 9. So there's a lot of significance to the month that we're in right now. We're on the fourth day. Uh, if you're counting the Omer or the Seferat Omer, uh, it is 19 days. Today is 19 days, which is two weeks and five days into the counting of the Seferat HaOmir, where they would take a sheave every day, they would wave it, and they would count down to the 50th day, which was Shavuot, which we know as Pentecost. Okay? Now, on the Torah, uh, the Torah's calendar, the month of Iyar, falls between the great month of redemption, which was Nisan, the first month of the new year in the Hebrew calendar, is known as the month of redemption. And so it it falls between the great month of redemption, the first month, and the great month of revelation, Sivan, which is the third month. And that's known as the month of revelation. So right in between is this month, E.R., the second month, and is therefore primarily commemorated as a month of passage leading up to the awesome revelation given at Sinai. So the reason why Savan or the third month, is known as the month of Revelation, it was there in that month that God gave his law on Mount Sinai to the children of Israel. They came out on the first month, the redemption, deliverance, and then they had the, the, the passage to the revelation, or the giving of the law of God. So you're in a season of a passage. I like the way that they put it. It's the month of passage leading up to the awesome revelation given at Sinai. Now, for us, we know that the passage is unto the great feast of Pentecost, right? The giving of the spirit, not the giving of the law. So later, the agricultural aspect of this passage was enshrined in terms of Sephiroth HaOmir, or the counting the sheaves, when a sheaf of barley was waved before the altar each day for 49 days before the arrival of the climatic holiday of Shavuot. Indeed, rabbinical and mystical traditions associate each passing day of the month of ER with a heightened spiritual status, wherein a different level of tuma, or impurity, is purged from the soul thereby implying that the Israelites' journey from Egypt to Sinai res- represented a spiritual transformation. So right now, there's a lot of things that were going on in the month of May. There was a lot of things going on in this second month. Uh, for the early church, Yeshua had already died, and between his Passover, his death, burial, resurrection, uh, the giving of the Holy Spirit, those days in between, is where in the book of Acts, They were all studying, and Peter was looking to find out what was out of order, right? They were literally counting the over, but not remembering what was done on Mount Sinai 3,500 years ago, or for them, 1,500 years earlier. But they were talking now about looking forward to a new blessing or revelation, which is the Holy Spirit. That's what the early church was doing. So they were utilizing this time to cleanse themselves because of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, they were, and, and in this, it talks about the transformation, and I like that word, the different level of tuma, was the Hebrew word, which means impurity, is purged. So you're in the purging season. You are in a passage. You're in a month of passage. You've already celebrated Passover, redemption, deliverance, salvation, coming out of the house of bondage. And now we're journeying to the month of Revelation, which is Pentecost, the third month, Sivan. And then we'll see that Pentecost is in the month of Sivan. And so we're in a journey and we're in the Sephirot Ha'omir is the countdown. So it's with expectation every day that we are undergoing an inward transformation, an inward cleansing, an inward purging of the soul. So don't be dismayed about the things that God is showing you in your life that are not holy. This is the time to allow the bloom, the radiance, the light, the brightness to shine. And that's what the month ER means and Zip means, radiant, bright, you know, all these wonderful terms, the blossoming of the flower, bringing the fragrance of Christ. So this is a really great moment, even though it's still connected to getting our hearts clean before God, because the month of Revelation is on the way and the Spirit of God, and the illumination of God, and the power of God, and the gifts of God, and the glory of God, and everything, Holy Spirit. And yes, you and I can participate in this spiritually, not under the law, not as the Jews feast, but these are the things of God that we continually remember to keep our minds fresh. Remember that. So let's go a little further in the article. Recall that exactly one month, after the Exodus, which would have been ER 15, God led the Israelites from the oasis and palm trees at Elim into the deeper part of the desert to Midbar, or the wilderness of Sin is what it was called, a desolate region that was about midway to Sinai, going southeast. About this time, the food provisions the people had brought with them ran out. The Israelites began grumbling against Moses and Aaron, saying, If only we had died by the hand of God in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to our fill, for you have brought us out into this desert to starve to death. Exodus 16.3. God then said to Moses, Look. I am going to rain down bread from heaven for you. The people will go out and gather a portion for that day so that I might test whether they will walk in my Torah or not. Each Friday, the people received a double portion that was to last them through Shabbat. And the test centered on whether the people would refrain from seeking manna on God's appointed day of rest. Note, that the Ten Commandments had not yet been given to Israel at this time. So it is likely that the law of manna was meant to prepare them for the law of the Sabbath that would be given at Sinai the following month. Now, we know the S- Sabbath existed way before the giving of it by law. So that would be on the sixth day of Sivan or Shavuot. So according to Jewish tradition, it was also during the month of ER that the well of Miriam began to flow, which is known as the Zuv, to provide fresh water for the people. The war with Amalek, Israel's first national enemy, also took place during the month of Yar, just before the revelation was given in Sinai. Now, what, are we, what was this all saying? You're in a time when you commemorate history, where this is the time of passage. You came out of bondage, you're on your way to revelation, and everything in between is deep desert experience and yet you're in the month of the brightness the blooming the radiance so what is happening as god is purging his people as god is cleansing his temple more fragrance more bloom more flowers more light more glory more brightness is coming to the temple and then that leads us in this time of passage To the revelation. I love that. Isn't that rich? So the people of Israel were murmuring, complaining. You brought us out here to die. Our food rations are going dry. We're not getting anything. But at the same time, the well of Miriam began to flow to give a refreshing. Wow. So we continue reading. It was also during the month of E.R., during the second year after the exodus, that the Israelites began their travels through the desert with the newly completed Mishkan, which is the tabernacle. So now they had Moses, right? They built a tabernacle according to pattern. And so now they're, they're traveling, right? And they're, they're, they're going through the desert with this tabernacle of Moses in their midst. The Torah relates that it was on ER one, which was three days ago that the first census Or the counting of heads of the Jewish people was taken so that each person could find his or her place in the fourfold formation of tribes that made up the camp of Israel that surrounded the tabernacle in the desert. And that's in Numbers 1, 1 to 4. In other words, E.R. represented the first month that the Shekinah glory began leading the tribes to the promised land of Zion. Wow. So the tabernacle was in the midst of them. It carried the presence of God. We know that it was a fire by day, a cloud by night, or a cloud by day and a fire by night. We know all of that. But now the tabernacle of Moses is in the center. So they would camp out and they would have, you know, it tells you here that uh, uh, it looks like on the north was Asher, Dan, and Naphtali. And then on the east, there was Issachar, Judah, and Zebulon. And then on the south, there was Gad, Reuben, and Simeon. And then on the west was Manasseh, Ephraim, and Benjamin. And then in the center of all of that, there was a, like the pupil of the eye, the Levites, uh, were on the north, west, and south. And then the Koharim, the high priest of Aaron, the Aaronic priesthood, uh, and Moses were on the east. So you had your, your, your tabernacle in the middle, And then you have the Levitical priesthood and the Koharim, the Aaronic priesthood, and Moses. So the leadership, the intense priesthood ministry, and then surrounding them on all four sides were the 12 tribes. This was prophetic, of course, since the scriptures later revealed that it was during this same month that King Solomon began to build the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. So I encourage you to go back to last night's Bible study again and listen to this. We're, I'm going to read a little bit more. We're going to boil it down. We're going to come up with something golden. You ready? So, finally, the month of ER is important in more recent Jewish history and tradition. So you get into the culture of Israel. On the modern Jewish calendar, a number of newer holidays are observed, including Yom Hazekaran, uh, which is on ER4 today. Uh, Yom Ha'atzmut on ER5 tomorrow, Lag of Omir, ER18, and Yom Yerushalayim on ER28. By far, the greatest of these modern holidays is Yom Ha'atzmut of Israel's Independence Day, which was originally announced on before sunset on Friday, May 14th, uh, 5708. Okay, and that goes back to 1948. And of course, the liberation of the Temple Mount on June 7th, 1967, uh, which was er 28 is also highly prophetic so i want to give you this this is the rosh kodesh blessing all right the rosh kodesh blessing you and i in the hebrew calendar today is the fourth day uh, or the 19th day of the counting of the omer but it is the fourth day of er or zif okay Today is Cinco de Mayo, and on, on the Gregorian calendar, May 5th, it is j- j- separated by hours, and that's so unique that the Hebrew calendar and the Gregorian calendar have lined up. It's very interesting. The Jew and the Gentile, one new man in the earth. There's a lot to that as well. So today, here's a blessing, and this is this is awesome. And I'm going to try it in the Hebrew. We'll see what happens. Yachid. Rason Milfahne Ka Adonai Elohenu Vahlohe Avotenu Kadesh, Elenu Kodesh Tov Va donenu, Yashua Hamashiach Amin. And what that means in the English, may it be your will, Lord our God, And God of our fathers, that you renew for us a good month in our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah.
1: Hallelujah.
2: I want to declare to you that regardless of what's going on in your life today, I declare unto you a good month. Now, in the world, that's one thing. I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about kingdom things. I'm talking about inside of you is the spirit of the living God, and you are the tabernacle of God. And you are under construction, and you are being prepared and repaired and built up and set into this beautiful house at the end of the age. We already know it's been under construction for 2,000 years, and we're coming to the shoulder ministry, which is where the government of God will rest upon the shoulders, and we know that the head will finally come and rest upon this temple, which is the capstone that they're going to shout to, which is the headstone, grace, grace. Okay. So he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the chief cornerstone. He's also the headstone, Yeshua. So I want to declare unto you a good mind. I said all that to say that. And if you will allow yourself by faith to apprehend this moment, and I again want to encourage you to go back to last night's Bible study and to listen And to take your Bible, to see the spiritual unction, okay, fluidity, flow, Holy Spirit flow, a good month for you, a month of getting things cleaned out and getting filled up with the righteous golden glory of God Almighty, the golden oil, the anointing, the anointing. That word golden oil is in your Bible, by the way. And I want to just take a quick look at it, the golden oil. People will say, why are you always talking about the golden oil? Well, let's take a look. The golden oil. So the golden oil is in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 12. And here's what we read about the golden oil. And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil? out of themselves, ah, the golden oil from the two olive branches. The olive is the anointing. The golden oil is the anointing. And these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes, empty the golden oil out of themselves. So some people have said that's the Jew, the natural olive tree, and the Gentile, the wild olive tree, and they've come together as one. And the golden oil, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the unction, it's all there. I mean, but you have to have a spiritual mind. You have to be willing to depart from earthly thinking. We've been talking a lot lately about the two different kinds of Christianity that are in the earth today. There is a what we call a Lot Christianity and an Abrahamic Christianity. Remember in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was considered to be a righteous man, Literally. And yet, what was he doing? He was living in Sodom and Gomorrah. His righteous soul was vexed every day by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Um, He wound up running for his life. He lost his wife. She turned into a pillar of salt. He ran into the mountains. His two daughters wound up getting him drunk and producing Amon in the Moabite nation uh, through an incestual relationship. So the Lot Christians are always in trouble. There is Nothing ever works. They're always in trouble. They're going to be caught, and they're going to be running for their lives, whereas Abraham, he's on a mountaintop. He's flowing with the Spirit. He's walking with God. He's connected to the eternal purpose of God. He's watching Sodom and Gomorrah burn to the ground from afar. It has no power over him. And you see, we're not to be the children of Lot. We're the children of Abraham. According to Galatians chapter 3, We are the children of Abraham. We should go there and take a look at this because if we're going to truly be of the stock of Abraham, we're truly the children of Abraham or the seed of Abraham, we need to get up where Abraham walks, right? And we need to get to where he is. So let's take a look at Galatians chapter 3, and I just want to begin in verse 6, all right? So verse 6, Galatians 3. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So if you are of faith and you are a child of Abraham, your walk with God, regardless of what's going on in the world, you need to be way up here on the mountains communing with God. Talking with God. Remember, right before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, Abraham was in the mountain and God showed up to him. Three men came to him and he called him Adonai. He called him Lord, right? And so these, these, the, the Lord comes to Abraham and communes with Abraham. And Abraham doesn't want him to leave. He says, rest for a while. Let me cook you a meal because I know you have something to say to me. Abraham was so in tune with hearing God's voice. He heard God. God had been leading him. God brought him out of the land of the Chaldees. God brought him out of Iraq, modern day. And God brought him on this journey and spoke to him all along. Now he recognizes these three are from heaven, and they're about to communicate a message which they tell him about his wife Sarah giving birth to Isaac, which is all connected to the eternal purpose of Yeshua being born out of the nation of Israel. So this is all Eternal purpose connected to Abraham and his walk with God. But he also says to Abraham, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. So now Abraham is making intercession for his lot, for his nephew Lot. And so that's what the whole story of Sodom and Gomorrah is about in Genesis 18 and 19. But there you have Lot representing a form of Christianity. Believers, you know, they're righteous, but they love the things of this world. Abraham could care less about what direction Lot went in. There was a strife between Abraham's herdsman and Lot's herdsman. You remember the story. Abraham was so tuned in God, he was like, hey, nephew, we don't need this problem. It's a distraction of what my destiny is. You choose out anyway. You go there. I'll go the opposite direction. He spied the land, and he saw how beautiful Sodom was. And so he goes down there. But he didn't know the environment of that place and what it became, So these are Christians who love the world. They love everything about it. They're more earthly-minded. They're more temporarily-minded. Whereas the Abrahamic true uh, seed is thinking about eternal things, future things. They're talking about hearing from God, being led by God, talking with God, communing with God. Everything to them is God. Okay? So you need to ask yourself, what's important to you? How much land you have, the house you have, the car you have, the money you have, the gold you have, the silver you have, or being led by God. Now, Abraham had everything he needed, everything from a wife to a house, his beautiful tent. He was in the mountains, but all of that was secondary to him. He was loaded with gold and silver. I mean, he had it all, but to him, that wasn't important. To him, it was the destiny. It was the call of God upon his life. It was the unction. It was the future. It was eternal purpose. So the true, so then they they which be of faith are, watch watch this, verse 6 again, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, that's you, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed, so then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Why did God say to Abraham, In you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed? Because Yeshua, the Messiah, would come forth out of the loins of Abraham. First, it would begin with Isaac, the promised seed. And then Isaac would give birth to Jacob, and Jacob would become Israel. And Israel had 12 sons, and it became a nation. And out of the nation of Israel, finally, at the right time, Yeshua was born. The Messiah of the world. And it's in Yeshua that all the nations of the earth are blessed. It's only in Abraham in the sense that in Abraham would come forth the Messiah. God's only begotten son. And all who believe in him will be blessed. And this is the blessing. So we, then they which be of faith, is that you? Are you of faith today? <laughs> are you of the seed of Abraham today? Or are the things of this world more important to you? Be honest. So if you're, a, uh, if you're of faith, then you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Okay, now he's going to talk a little bit more. I think it's a worthy conversation. Verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law, you're under the law, are under the curse, even to this day, even to this very moment. Paul was writing it back then, but it's true today. For as many as are of the works of the law, are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone that continues not, in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So unless you're keeping every commandment, 613 Torah laws, every jot and tittle going through the, unless you're doing that, you're cursed. But that no man, even those that strive to do that, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. How was Abraham declared righteous? By the law? No, by his faith. And that's why our righteousness is by our faith too. You and I are declared righteous by faith in what Jesus has done for us. We're not righteous in ourselves. We're not getting ourselves perfected. That is the work of God, the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. But our righteousness is by our faith. That's very clear. The just or the justified shall live by faith. Verse 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You see, this is the month of of passage. This is going from bondage into revelation. And God wants you to get that mind of bondage and me to get the mind of bondage out of our soul. We're not to be thinking like slaves. We're not to be thinking of those that are in bondage under the law trying to get things done. He is talking here about a pure flow of liberty. When Miriam's well flows to refresh his liberty that is flowing, you have been declared not guilty. You have been justified by the blood of Christ, not by your works or being good enough or doing enough. You can't. You can only receive what is done and then allow the Spirit and the Word to make it real in your life. So, he's redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Yeshua, Jesus, was made a curse for us so that we don't have to labor under the curse of the law. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, and he certainly did, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So the blessing of Abraham is on our lives, and we're not even Gentiles anymore. Uh, The next part of the revelation is in Ephesians where we were Gentiles, but we're not anymore. We're one new man in the earth. But in the Galatian, uh, that part of the Revelation, that level of understanding, well, that the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So the blessing of Abraham, he who blesses you is blessed, he who curses you is cursed. I hear all these partition preachers today, and I'm telling you, there are partition preachers that are building the very partition of Jew-Gentile That Christ tore down. We'll talk about that maybe in just a moment. If When you hear a powerful preacher talking about the Jews and their covenant with God and then the Gentiles, and the church today is Gentile and the Jews are Jews, they are building up the middle wall of partition again. They are not pleasing God. They're offending God because the reason why the middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile was broken down and the price was paid to break it down was the death of God's son. So to build the middle wall about the Jew-Gentile paradigm and bring things down to an earthly realm of Christianity means you're Lot's children. You're not Abrahamic children of God. You're the children of Lot, and you're always going to find trouble. There is a Jerusalem above. There is a one new man, a divine-natured man, a Christ man that God has called you and I to. Right? This is important stuff. So came, the blessing of Abraham is on us through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And the moment we receive the promise of the Spirit, we've been born again into a one new man paradigm. I'm telling you to flee for your life. Now, I don't care about culture. I don't care about, you know, the feast of the Lord, because I know that the Jewish culture is awesome. I think the Jewish culture you know, I've been to Jerusalem. I've been to Israel. I've eaten the food. I love the food. I love the, all of it. You know, and I love their culture. But the Jewish culture is secondary to a kingdom culture. The Jewish people they perfected how the feasts were to operate in an earthly term, but they weren't their feast. They were the Lord's feast. I know I'm bouncing around here. My point is. We celebrate things at a spiritual level, so they have a lot more meaning than just, you know, external things. The agricultural economy. No, we get into the intrinsic value of the things of God. The Sabbath, the tithe, the feast, these things all existed before there was ever a mosaic law. They were all in the mind of God, so when we're born again into the kingdom, we learn how the kingdom operates. I wish to God we can get through that. Now, so you and I have received the, the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, Paul says in verse 15, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. All right, so he's going to talk. Let's talk. He's going, let me get you to understand by telling you about a man's covenant. Okay? Um. He said, even if it's a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, so Two men make a covenant, and it's confirmed or sealed. No man disannuls it. Okay? If we sign the right papers, and we have we contract in the covenant, and we make an agreement, well, nobody then can disannul it or add to it. It is what it is. So he uses that as an a- example to say this. Verse 16. Now, to Abraham... And his seed were the promises made. So immediately people say, to Abraham and his seed, that must be Isaac and Jacob and the 12 tribes and the nation of Israel today, right? Doesn't say that. Watch. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds... As of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. He's not talking about the natural Israel. He's not talking about the lineage of Abraham according to the flesh. He's not talking about Abraham's physical seed that produced a nation. He's saying very clearly by the Spirit, the Apostle Paul, who knew these things, by the Spirit, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So the promises were made to Abraham and to his seed. His seed was Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. What What is he saying here? All right, so God made a covenant with Abraham and to his seed, which was Christ. He said, it was confirmed before of God in Christ. The covenant that you and I are joined to, this is just one aspect of it, we know that you and I have a new covenant. It was confirmed or sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? He said that that covenant going all the way back to Abraham, which was 430 years before the law of Moses was given. So the law of Moses was given 430 years after the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham in Christ. Okay. He said that the covenant, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul it that it should make the promise of none effect. So the covenant that God made with Abraham in Christ, even though the law came, the law did not disannul the promises to Abraham. The law of what? Look look how Paul says this. Verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise, the inheritance. Wherefore then serves the law, Well, then why did God give a covenant of the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come. Who is the seed? Christ. What was the purpose of the law? It was there because of the transgressions. And it was only till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Now, we already know who the seed was. It is Christ. It is in him that all the promises of God exist. And you and I as the heirs, because we're the children of Abraham, we're the rightful heirs of the promises that are in Christ Jesus, the seed. Watch this. This is awesome. The law was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator, Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. What's it saying here? The mediator of the new covenant is Jesus Christ. Now watch this in 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. The law was never intended to be against the promises God made to Abraham that would be fulfilled in Christ. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe the promise. Now remember, look at it this way. All the promises of God that were made to Abraham would be in Christ. And all who would have faith like Abraham throughout the church age would be the heirs of the promise which is contained in Christ. Christ is the treasure chest of all the promises, of the Spirit, of the blessings, of all the covenantal promises. We are the heirs, those who have faith, the children of Abraham. Now, why was the law given? What he's saying, watch this. In 23, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterward be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. So the law was not an interference to the promises of God. The law was given to be a schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. The law of Moses is no longer our schoolmaster. We are no longer under the law of Moses. It was only there because of transgression, and it kept that nation. The purpose of keeping that nation is that the ultimate purpose was to bring Messiah out of the nation of Israel, the natural seed of Abraham. But the promise seed would come in whom all the promises exist so that you and I today who have faith, we can go to Christ and receive from Christ all the promises of God in this life and in the world to come. The greatest promise, Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the seal of eternal life. You and I are the heirs of eternal life. Now, to the the lot-minded people, that doesn't matter. To the lot-minded Christians, they want Sodom, they want Gomorrah, they want beauty, they want gold, they want silver, they want luxury. To the lot-minded people, everything earthly is their desire, but those who are of faith that understand that eternal life is the reason why we give up the things of this world. And whatever we have are the resources God has given us to do whatever God wants us to do. Abraham had money. Abraham had everything. He had servants. He had maids, maidens. He had everything. But that wasn't his emphasis. He used what he had to journey on with God. You see, this is awesome when you really come to it. We're no longer under the law of Moses. We are now under the law of faith. We should be living... Under the law of faith as the children of Abraham, moving on in the eternal purpose of God, knowing that we have now received the promise of the Spirit. Now, in the Spirit, there's not only eternal life, but there are the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the kingdom of God is in the Spirit. Do you realize the treasure that you and I have received as the heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ? Because we're of faith, the children of Abraham. Now, without faith, you're still in works. Without faith, you're in religion. Without faith, you're a lot-minded Christian. Without faith, you're still under the law of works. Without faith, you don't know any freedom, liberty, justification, sanctification. You just don't know. And just because we're all journeying does not diminish the fact that we have been liberated. We are free. We are perfect and complete in Christ and we're journeying through and working it out, and we are becoming. But it doesn't negate or minimize the liberty that we have in Christ. Mm. Now listen to this. In verse 26, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. If you have faith in Christ Jesus, You're more than a child of Abraham. We are all the children of God himself. Now, the world says we're all the children of God. Philosophers say we're all the children of God. No, we're not. We're children of God by faith in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, not into Judaism, not into the Mosaic law, Not into ritual, not into ceremony. And again, we don't keep the Feast of the Lord ritualistically or ceremonially. We do it spiritually intrinsically because the value is incredible. All right? So those of you, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Ha! You've put on Christ. What does that mean? Well, when you put on Christ, you're putting on the new nature. You're putting on your rightful clothing. Oh my gosh, you have put on Christ, a new nature. There are two men in the earth. There's Adam and there's Christ. Adam was the first out of the dust. Christ is the second man from heaven. So we were all born out of the loins of Adam. We've been born again into Christ. We're our rightful inheritance is the new nature, our rightful inheritance is Christ, to put on Christ, the anointed one, his anointing, to have Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ, the new man, Christ, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation, not sickness, not disease, not broke, busted, disgusted, but an internal spiritual life flowing with the rivers of living water, out of our belly flowing the Holy Spirit, crystal clear. Oh my goodness, we are making a passage out of bondage into revelation. And you're hearing revelation right now for your life, for your spirit, for your soul. And you've got to let it rip. You've got to let the dams be broken down. you got to let the river flow. you got to let it go. You need to dance and shout and sing Hallelujah. Who really cares in a primary sense about the Supreme Court of the United States? I don't primarily care. Now, you know we all care because it's biblically patterned, but it's not the thing that shapes my emotion. It's not the thing that shapes my spirit, my thinking, my mind, my joy, my liberty, my peace come through Jesus Christ. And so does yours. I mean, come on, if we can't get loud about that, what are we going to get loud about? I mean, we shout out about all the disgusting things going on in the world. That's not even worthy in comparison to this. So we put on Christ. Listen to this. If you have put on Christ, (laughs) you ready for this? Verse 28. Okay. There is, if you put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Wow. Now that's a spiritual perspective worth searching out. That is a revelation. You're you're not even to be thinking male, female, Jew, Gentile, bond-free. And there are other passages that go along with this in Colossians and other places. Now listen, verse 29. So you put on Christ, it's a spiritual renewal. It's the spiritual nature. There's no gender. It's a non-gendered reality. Christ is not gendered. There's no male-female in Christ. Christ is spiritual. Christ is a a fabric of God that this world knows nothing about. Oh, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. Christ, the body of Christ. Listen to this. And if you be Christ's, uh, then... Are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? You are an heir of God. You are Abraham's seed because what was Abraham's seed? His seed was Christ. What are you putting on? Christ. And when Christ is put on, now you are Abraham's seed. But the earthly-minded, lot-minded Christians that are living in Sodom and Gomorrah mindset of worldly things this is not the same this is different and god forbid we have been earthly minded christians god forbid that we've had our mind on the things of this world god forbid that we've been doing anything in our own mind to our own reasoning you know why i'm okay with preparing because i know the great tribulation is coming and getting an ark ready, and finding to be in the right place at the right time. I'm all good with that in this physical realm, but my spirit is soaring in an altogether different realm in reality. If I were stuck in just what's going on in the earth, I wouldn't like it very much. But these prophetic promises exist even while the world is coming to an end. Even when America is about to collapse, and violence is about to erupt, and cities are going to be on fire because God said... Anybody that follows the same pattern as Sodom and Gomorrah is going to pay the same price. And it, he rained down fire from heaven. This is going to burn. So I, I know that, but my spiritual, eternal perspective is in the things of God. I want to go to chapter four, because I never hear anybody talking about this anymore. And, you know, people use their faith teaching all about getting physical promises in the earth. Again, that's the lot-minded concept we're talking way beyond the promises of God to get Cadillacs and cars and money. We're talking about the promises of God to become a new creation, born again, new nature. You could have all the money in the world and be a corrupt, foul, unclean, damned to hell person. You could be a Christian with a lot of money, but if you don't put on Christ genuinely, sincerely, and see that the new nature and for those that have, God bless them. I want to too, don't you? Isn't that what we're doing? We're putting on Christ. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. This is a thinking. This is where the battle for the mind is raging. Question, can I do that? am I allowed to. What will it be like? What will they think? How will I do it? I don't understand. I'm... This is the carnal mind at enmity with God. It's it's fighting against God. It cannot obey God. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. (laughs) Listen to this. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul's just going to flow here just for a few more verses. Now I say that the heir, that's you and I, as long as he is a child, Differs nothing from a servant. Ah, how long do you remain a child? Until you put on Christ. Until faith comes. To know that Christ has been granted. Listen. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Some of you may be listening right now that are Lord of all, but you're still a child in technon in your understanding. A little still, maybe a little earthly minded, whatever, whatever. Uh, though you be Lord of all, you differ nothing from a servant. Okay, the people that are Paul saying, as long as you're a child, you differ nothing from a servant, though you be Lord of all, but you're under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. So the law was a schoolmaster. Now you're under tutors and governors. You're under a fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is... Instructing to bring you into the fullness of Christ. Okay, this is the maturation in the walk of God. Even so we, Paul said, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because, listen, you are sons, not children, not servants, but we sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, Jesus, into your hearts crying abba father now god sent forth the spirit of his son the true son out of the bosom of the father the very loins of god the seed that was planted in Mary's womb, right? This is God's Son. He's not from the earth. He wasn't picked off a tree. He, Christ the Son came out of God the Father. God spoke and word Christ came forth, right? So God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. Crying, Abba, Father. That's the adoption. You and I who have received the Spirit of Christ have been adopted into the family of God. We are now his sons. So he goes on to say, wherefore you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now the word son here does not refer to male, female. You got to get out of the gender paradigm. This is not about a male and female. This is not about any of that. You have been born again, accepted. This is all the book of Ephesians chapter one. You have been adopted into the family of God. You are now the heirs of God. You are an heir of God through Christ. You are the rightful heirs if you have faith. And this is your reality. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing on this planet worthy to get in the way of this revelation. Listen, we're in the month of passage. We've left behind in our thinking, and we, you know, this is really cool. I don't know too many Christians that have left behind the, you know, the, the, the bondage, the memory of the past. You know, there's a lot of Christians, honestly, that still have a lot of junk in them. Even though they don't do it anymore, they're carrying the residual. Well, this is the month of shedding all that. This is a month where you can take leaps and bounds into holiness and cleansing and washing and purging, and, which is glorious, getting perfected. This is the month to allow a lot of stuff to die. Let it go. Forgiveness. Have faith in God. Move with expectation towards the month of revelation. (laughs) Woo! So we're, you know, somebody says, well, every day is alike. Okay, make every day alike. I am not going to be judged because one man, one day, has a lot more meaning. And I believe that every day is a beautiful day in the Lord, right? Right? But the season that we're in, in the economy of the Father, as we've entered in and have been accepted into the household of faith, and in the household of faith, we learn the ways of God. So why wouldn't I want to know these things for my spiritual advancement, cultivation, and development? Why wouldn't I want to get involved in this moment? Well, you say you could do that any day. Well, okay, then do it. Let me see it. Let Let me see how it works for you. There wouldn't be so many sick Christians. There wouldn't be so many depressed, overweight, heavy, uncaring Christians if they knew who they were. What are you saying overweight for? Well, because unnecessary overweightedness is a sign of something in your nature that is not right before God. Don't condemn. Don't condemn. I'm not condemning. All I'm saying is if you get really overweight, you can get sick and have diabetes. And you'll hate yourself, especially if you're a woman that's overweight. You won't like that weight. And your heart will be heavy. So why not in the month that we're in a passage, why not go on a big, wonderful diet or a cleanse and stop talking about it and right now do it if you have memory issues of pornography if you have sensual images in your mind why not take a crash course right now and and what do you do and jump into the fountains and be cleansed all i'm saying is this is a great time for spiritual advancement abandon yourself to the flow of Miriam's well. Abandon yourself to the flow of the golden oil. Abandon yourself in this month that means radiant and bright and a flower blooming so that the fragrance of Christ may come out of your spirit to all around you. Not the nasty odor of a dying, decaying human nature that is corrupt. What about this moment? transformation this is the month of transformation why not change get ready for the revelation month you're not in bondage anymore you're not a slave to sin anymore you don't have any condemnation on your life anymore from God's perspective the only thing happening to you is the devil's accusing you condemning you slandering you gossiping about you but who cares From God's perspective, there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation on your life. So now that you're not in the house of bondage anymore, start living in the liberty of the Spirit of God. Oh, man. I'm reading right now. I'm looking at my Bible. I'm looking at chapter 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't go from the house of bondage and then be in bondage in your own body. Do everything you can to bring your body into subjection and submission to God. Temper it, use self-control, work it out, do it, get it right. And if you're like right on the edge of, well, I'm just right there of overweight and, you know, but not too bad, don't let it get out of control. And if you are a little overweight, don't condemn yourself. Just start working on it again. Show that Christ is in control of your life and that you are Christ. You are what? You are Christ. If, I'll read it again. Let me read it again. It says it right here. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed? If you have put on Christ, for as many as you have been baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, of course you are Christ. If you put on Christ, you are Christ. You're in Christ. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You are Christ. Anointed. New nature. Come on. This is great. But that's all inward. But that doesn't excuse the flesh. Don't let the flesh just have its way. Keep yourself healthy. Eat good food. And I'm not saying to be a legalist about things, but if you need to become rigidly righteous in the realm of eating because you got a temper and bring your body under subjection, well then do it. You know, Christ is not about I'm free to eat cupcakes. I'm free to eat ding-dongs. No, you're free not to, to be controlled by that sugar demon, for goodness sake. I don't even know if anyone's listening to this broadcast right now. So I'm going to go out here and say good morning. Ah, there are a few people out there. God bless you. All right. Isaac Roldan Torres. God bless, Pastor. Thank you, Isaac. God bless you. uh, Tammy Ivey. Good morning, my brethren. Blessings to you. Shalom. Amen. Laquita. Some are predicting a great revival with the reversal of Roe versus Wade. I believe America is so corrupt it could bring revolt and civil war. Yeah, so do I uh i I absolutely i mean we kind of know that so i say roe versus Wade is here so end time bible prophecy has shifted the woman in travail is no longer travailing even though she never gave birth time out let's go back it was never real i refuse to believe that anyways cindy messman's with us good morning pastor vincent good morning cindy Megan Cotton is with us. Good morning. Kevin Hager, good, wet morning. Pastor Vincent, good morning. Hey, good morning to all of you guys. What do you think about this sermon that we're having today? I got a call coming in right now from Pastor Jeff Bass. I forgot all about that. Pastor Jeff, good morning, sir. How are you? My apologies. I forgot where I was. Hey, no problem.
0: Preach, preacher.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I can't believe it. Hey, uh, welcome. Go ahead. No, welcome.
0: Good hey, morning. What's going on? Oh uh, man, I don't know, man. A lot's going on, I guess. Um, you know, first of all, man, fantastic word. I was listening to it, um as always right on point. And uh but you know, of course, all the stuff that's going on in the world with the you know, with the Supreme Court, the leaking that and other stuff is just it's it's always it's always something going on. There's never a as they say, a dull moment per se of where there's nothing happening.
2: True. Pastor Jeff, I have uh, yesterday, and I thank you for honoring. Uh, I didn't even invite you. I meant to last night, but I was wiped out and after Bible study came home. Um, thank you for joining me, number one. And thank you for bringing balance to the broadcast that we're having right now. And I, I knew that you needed to be here today to talk, speak into these things because where we just were I believe, is a reality. These things that are happening right now are also a reality that give Christians who, um, God told Abraham what was going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, God was walking with Abraham. He didn't ignore and say, well, you're so spiritual, I'm not going to tell you what's going on here. He said, no, because you're spiritual, I'm going to tell you what's going on in the lower life. I'm going to tell you what's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. So there's balance here. We need to know. And so please take your freedom spend this time right now. We've got plenty of time. No rush. Uh, Speak to us. What is it that God is wanting to show us today about the things going on in this country and perhaps even around the world?
0: Well, I just, first of all, again, as always, thank you for allowing me to be here with you on this, you know, this platform with you. You know, we just, as always, we pray that, you know, that, you know, God will protect us, that we're covered by the blood and that we will speak, you know, the truth in love to the people um as it relates to the supreme court uh upcoming ruling and stuff i i just think as as christians you know that 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 would be a great victory but i but i yes. but i think we should we should temper our our exuberance right now because you know i found that any time that there's a a victory or a celebration we in the body of Christ have to be very careful because we tend to forget the things that we've done to get to where we are. In other words, you know, we still need to pray. We still need to ask God to expose the works of the enemy. We still need to be be vigilant as a, you know, and, and we just can't stop praying because the enemy is always always praying. We we shouldn't stop P R A Y I N G because the enemy is always prey. Yeah. Amen. So uh, that's what I think. You know, he's always praying P-R-E-Y and plotting, you know, and we tend to uh, stop doing what we did to to see the victory, because I believe this is, you know, if this happens, it, it is the beginning. You know, it is an answer of God answering, the you know, the people who, all of us who continue to pray that God would, Uproot, you know, overthrow, uh, pull up, you know, from 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 Jeremiah, you know, the book of Jeremiah, and, and I believe that God is is in His grace and mercy is doing that. But like I said, we can't stop. And that's that's a, just what I just hear God saying: don't stop through the Holy Spirit. Just keep keep stay on our face, stay on our knees, stay prostrate before God, stay in prayer. You know, don't boast and gloat and stuff like that. Say God just. Continue to do. We give you the glory, honor, and the praise. Just continue to do what only you can do. Don't don't take our eyes and our focus off of God.
2: Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There, there are many strategies in the camp on the left. I started the broadcast with the barking dogs on the left that we hear barking and growling, uh, saying, we're not going back. How dare they? We need our right to abortion and on and on and on. So. Um, yeah, we better be very careful. This could become a very vicious uh, moment in the, in, the, in the final blow, uh, the final straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Um, this could be that time. This issue could bring the breaking, and where people are seeing liberty, it could bring the breaking after 50 years of the shedding of innocent blood, a day of accountability. Uh, please speak into that.
0: Well, yeah, I do believe that, but I, again, I don't know why I just keep saying this, uh, these alarms about being 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 vigilant and watch and pray. Because as you had said before, just like we know what happened in the summer of 2020, the violence, the burning, and all of that. And I think you know the enemy, and, and you know we look at the people, so you know who perpetrate these things, but we know the root of it is Satan himself, the demonic, and. and uh, um, uh, influence, and so I mean I don't think that Satan would would uh go not go to any lengths to you know to do what he does. You know I'm not putting the the enemy Satan on a pedestal or anything, but I just say say that we have to continue to be vigilant. We have to continue to do do what we know we should do, which is being prayer, fasting, seeking the Lord, doing all of our our, our spiritual disciplines. I think this is a time where. We could see a repeat of, of of you know whole lot of the stuff that went down a couple of years ago, uh, you know, as, as you know, and many who, who who listen here, you know, I'm I'm not that far from from uh, our nation's capital, probably 25 30 miles out of west of it, and uh, you know, so I get a lot of the, the local news that you you guys may or may not get, and I think that I heard the other day that they've already. You know, put up the barriers around, you know, the White House and the Capitol and, and stuff like that. You know, in anticipation of protests, and people are, are already out. You know, people, you know, on the right, of course, celebrating, and and on and on the left, protesting. You know, at the Supreme Court and and, and so forth, physically. So, I just think that, but not only that, you know, this, you know, as far as the strategy of the enemy. What what does this do? The leaking of this, you know, it 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 shifts the narrative, you know, now and, and inflames the base, you know, because we know what what we talked about last week about the uh, Republican senator from Texas or or a representative from Texas saying he thought it was going to be, you know, the, uh, the Republican wave this coming fa- uh, fall in November. So what? what better way than to do this, the leak and then therefore now you're not talking about how bad, you know, uh inflation is and the gas price and the and the other various issues that are, are, are really negative that we have now, which are political talking points, uh, it it changes the narrative to what's going on with this, you know, pro or con. So now uh again, part of the strategy. So uh, as I say, we, the body of Christ, we, 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 you know, we, we, we can celebrate some, but we need to dig in and continue to seek the face of the Lord as we go forward.
2: Man, that's absolutely amazing, and uh, you're, what you're saying right now has, has got depth to it, and I praise God for that as always. Uh, but you know, I can't get this thought out of my mind that God is telling Abraham what's ready to happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham is making intercession, and I have a word of knowledge for all the parents out there who have children or grandchildren or friends or family of some kind that you care about. Abraham obviously cared about Lot, and he made intercession, and then it was left to God to take care of that. You can't go get your children out of Sodom. You continue on doing what you're doing. You pray to God. You ask God to move them, and they still may have some troubles, um, but they may their lives may be spared from the destruction that will come to the cities across this nation, uh, particularly and around the world. So I just needed to share that. Pastor Jeff, um, please keep enlightening us.
0: Well, no, I mean,
2: it, um, um, moving to something else,
0: you know, we were talking about the, you know, basically the overall strategy of the enemy, you know, depopulation, transhumanism, and the metaverse. And we were talking about all of that last week. I just got two couple of art two articles, uh here to kind of quickly share the first Great. is is that the CDC the article is entitled the CDC you know Center Center for D, uh Disease Control and Prevention CDC tracked millions of phones to see if Americans followed the COVID lockdown orders and the article says uh, the CDC bought 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 access to location data Harvested from tens of millions of phones in the U.S. to perform analysis of compliance with curfews, track patterns of people visiting K through K through 12 schools, and specifically monitor the effectiveness of policy in the Navajo Nation, according to CDC documents obtained by Motherboard. The documents also show that although the, although the CDC used COVID-19 as a reason to buy access to the data more quickly, it intended to use it for more general CDC purposes. Location data is information on a device's location sourced from the telephone, which can then show where a person lives, where they work, and where they went. The sort of data the CDC bought was aggregated, meaning it was designed to follow trends that emerge from the movement's of groups of people, but researchers have repeatedly raised concerns with how location data can be de anonymized and used to track specific people. CDC also plans, it says here, to use mobility data and services acquired through this acquisition to support non-COVID-19 programmatic areas and public health priorities across the agency, including but not limited to the following to travel to parks and green spaces, physical activity and mode of travel, and population migration before, during, and after natural disasters, it reads. The mobility data obtained under this contract will be available for CDC agency-wide use and will support numerous CDC priorities. The documents reveal the expansive plan the CDC had last year to use location data from a highly controversial data broker. SafeGraph, the company, the CDC, paid $420,000 for access to one year of data, includes uh, the former head of Saudi intelligence among its investors. Google banned the company from the Play Store in June. The CDC used the data for monitoring curfews with the document saying that SafeGraph's data has been critical for ongoing response efforts, such as hourly monitoring of activity in curfew zones or detailed counts of visits to participating pharmacies for vaccine monitoring. The documents date from 2021. So I'll just stop right there. But it says uh, they even monitored when people were visiting the pharmacies uh, to get their vaccines.
2: So, you know what I'm thinking while you're sharing this particular article is, in the court of Satan, I am guilty. If they're going to monitor me to see if I was compliant, no, I am not, and I was not compliant. I am guilty. I did not wear my mask. I did not get that thing in my arm. Uh, I am absolutely guilty of offending the world court, and the satanic court. I am guilty on all charges. Praise the Lord. And I was hearing God, you know, the spirit, uh, the the message where Elijah was crying out, and he says, I have 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to the image of Baal. And this is a time to not bow to the intimidation that the world is using through the satanic mind Uh, Against those who would do what honors God I'd rather be found guilty in the court of Satan than in the court of God So would you, Pastor Jeff, and you're just as guilty as I am So please, continue on No, yes, sir I mean, um,
0: they go on to say
2: um,
0: Zach Edwards, a cybersecurity researcher Who closely follows the data marketplace uh, Said in an online chat after reviewing the documents Quote This is what Edwards said. The CDC seems to have purposefully created an open-ended list of use cases, which included monitoring curfews, neighbor-to-neighbor visits, visits to churches, schools, and pharmacies, and also a variety of analysis with this data specifically focused on violence. The document doesn't stop at churches. It mentions also, quote, places of worship. Motherboard obtained the documents through the FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, request with the CDC. The document also contains a long list of what the CDC describes as 21 different potential CDC use cases for data, which include tracking patterns of those who are visiting K-12 through schools by the school and compared to 2019, uh, comparing them with Environmental Performance Index, if possible, the examination of the correlation of mobility patterns data and the rise in COVID-19 cases. They also tracked movement restrictions such as border closures, inter-regional, and night curfews to show if people were compliant, examination of the effectiveness of public policy on the Navajo Nation. At the start of the pandemic, cell phone location data was seen as a potentially useful tool Multiple media organizations, including the New York Times, used location used location data provided by companies in the industry to show where people were traveling to once lockdowns started to lift or highlight that poor communities were unable to shelter in place as much as richer ones. And what I just wanted to say, that was it, is just kind of, you know, there's an, an, uh, other articles which I didn't pull that, uh, that I have been reading over the last six months or whatever, Pastor. I believe, based on the other articles, which uh, they're already uh, set up FEMA camps throughout the USA in, in, in various cities, and I believe if people don't comply, when you look at this, if if they've already tracked this, and if people as, uh, as we move forward, if there's another lockdown or whatever, I I just think this is a system. As you were talking about the court of Satan, this is a system to put in place where if people don't comply with these, with what they say, now they're letting us know through through this, we can track you. We've got data here to prove that you went to church or you went to your neighbors because they said neighbor to neighbor, you visited A, B, C, D, or whatever. So we got to, So we need to put you in these FEMA camps to. I'm, I'm trying to remember the word. What a uh, the word that a um, uh, Congressperson used. Uh, uh, kind of a, a re-education. I believe the word camp. So you know you need to be you know you, you need to be taught to comply. That that's what it was. So therefore we'll send you there so you can learn to comply with the system. And if you don't, well, let's just say guillotine.
2: <laughs> For sure. So, again, uh, we are guilty of not supporting abortion, homosexuality, corruption, deception. And when it comes to deception, as you're talking, I'm remembering the movie The Matrix. And there was a, a, a part in the movie where the blue pill and a red pill were being offered, I believe. And the yep. one pill would allow someone to just go back to sleep and sink into the deception And become a part of it and never worry about it again, never think about it again. The other pill would wake you up to the reality, and then a way out would be provided, right? A disconnect. And, you know, that's kind of where we are right now, isn't it? Either wake up or go into a deep sleep, an everlasting sleep. And and the reality of what's going on is the intimidation, the monitoring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, What an interesting time. What an interesting time. What's the next article you have? Well, when you said that, before we get to that, you just
0: said something, and, and, and I just heard the Spirit say, when you said, you know, of, of, uh, from the Matrix example, of the way out, you know, I just heard in my spirit, of course, the Scripture, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, Amen. and the way. You know, so Jesus is the way. And, I, I mean, we as Christians know that, but, Pastor, I believe we're in this season. Knowing it is one thing. We got to live it, man. We got to, we got to now, we got to, as as my grandmother used to say, when the rubber meets the road, you know, this is it, man. We're in it because um, (laughs) there are a lot of different ways, but the only way is Jesus, as Christians, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you know, he is the truth. I mean, because there's a lot of misinformation out here. There's a lot of stuff, and we just have to seek the Lord via the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So the Bible tells me that the the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. So so we got to be led by the spirit like I said before, we got to be we got to feed the Holy Spirit, we got to be spirit fed, spirit led, man, and and walk in the spirit. Because uh that's our only that's our only way out. I see or the only way that we as the body of Christ need 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 to go.
2: Any other way is not of God. Interesting. I just had an epiphany while you were talking. I just had an absolute. Well, I don't think I can on the air. I'm going to talk to you off the air about okay, it, okay? Okay, well, uh, well, yeah. we'll
0: talk about it later. Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: but, but,
0: amazing. But my, 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 uh, my second and the other, last article that I have for you today is, um, you know, Elon Musk has really been in the in the news a lot and everything. And this kind of concerns him, but basically I'll read it. Um, it says Synchron. That's S Y N C H R O N. Synchron Incorporated, uh, which develops a so called brain computer interface and is competing with Elon Musk's Neuralink, N E U R A Link Corporation. So you got two companies. Uh one is called Synchron Inc. and you got Neuralink Corp. Neuralink is owned by Elon Musk, and it says, uh, Synchron, which develops a so-called brain-computer interface and competes with Musk's Neuralink Corporation, has now enrolled the first patient in its U.S. clinical trial, putting the company's implant on a path toward possible regulatory approval for wider use in people with paralysis. And, of course, we know a lot of things today in the world, well it can be used for either good or it can be used for evil. So let's just keep reading. It says, wow, I know you got a lot on your end-time plates with what nuclear war looming in Russia, that's what the article says. the coming at Tifa rise this summer, the overturning of abortion in America, the Internet of Bodies in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and so much more. But I have to add one more tiny little thing to the lineup. It seems that tech company Synchron has beaten Elon Musk and Neuralink to clinical human trials of, and this is what it is, an implantable device that will allow your brain to directly interact with your mobile device. Synchron's device, once implanted, travels to the brain through your blood vessels, while on the other hand, Musk's company, Neuralink, is implanted. Their chip is implanted directly into your skull. It reaches the brain. The Stenstrode translates brain activity into signals designed to allow texting. It will allow emailing, online shopping, or other activities using an external device, Synchron said. then the the article goes on and says, Just wondering if it will go in the forehead or not. And then it gives you the scripture, Revelation 13, uh, uh, chapter 13, verses 16 through 17, and he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Human implantable devices to connect your body with the Internet is the fastest-growing tech sector in the world today. It is a multi-billion dollar industry. Lastly, you know those digital IDs that Emmanuel Macron is forcing all of his subjects to receive? And, you know, uh, Macron is the president of France, I guess. That is what we call a harbinger of things to come, the article says. When you realize that all the events of the pandemic were designed to get you to the place where you willingly accept implantable devices, you have left the headlines and hopped onto Scripture.
2: Amen. Wow. You know, I I believed that for such a long time, years ago, that every time we were putting these phones to our heads, there was integration going on. That somehow there was a connection between the cell phone and the brain. And at the time it sounded like a sci-fi movie, but now this is all happening so fast and the unsuspecting masses We'll be the first to comply, right? They're going to go along and get this done. And, wow, what a weird, weird time we're living in, huh, Pastor Jeff?
0: It is. As a matter of fact, even as we speak, I was reading, um, um, because it was the second part of the article, but I was reading with, with, I think it's Synchron, they're doing a clinical trial even even this week with a patient at a hospital in, in New York City. And they didn't, of course, for for uh, privacy, they didn't get in the article. They didn't give the gentleman's name. Of course, most people would know who he is anyway. But they just said that first patient is this week, and uh, he's going through through the trial, and they're experimenting. So I would call it he's the he's the first human guinea pig, I would say, because they're experimenting with this guy even as we speak in New York. Wow!
2: Absolutely so, amazing.
0: I, Amazing. I mean, and uh, of course we know how quickly with the with the vaccines it got approval. I mean, uh, in in past years, if you had a failure rate of uh, you know two or three people, if something went 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 wrong, they uh, terminated the experiments or whatever. But who knows? I mean, with this guy, I mean, if they implanted in him, they may say, hey, we need approval and this. <laughs> Crazy. We know where, where we go from there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Hey, Pastor Jeff, I want to do something. I got a call coming in. Uh, I want to, oh, Please stay on the line. I want to take this call coming in from area code 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Do you have a question or comment for Pastor Jeff?
1: Ooh, yes, I have a comment uh, regarding Roe versus Wade and the possible effects thereof. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, pastors, for being on the air this morning.
2: Good morning. morning. It's an honor. Thank you.
1: Thank you, pastors. Much appreciated. You know, Satan, as we know, is pretty clever, but the Lord God is absolutely innumerably, uncountingly more clever than Satan. We know what Scripture says about sinners, let me get my Bible out here. I did earmark a scripture that I wanted to uh, reference here. Hang on a second, fellows. So uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 states, but God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then Matthew 9 Verse 13 states, but go ye and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Pastors, where I'm going with this is, yes, Roe versus Wade is going to touch off a firestorm of protests and anger and upset amongst the abortion rights advocates who think that women have the right to terminate human life because such human life temporarily resides within their own bodies, within their own wombs. We're going to see perhaps violence connected with this change in the law, perhaps, but I maintain that some of these women who are going to see themselves as backed into a corner because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Some of these women, these pregnant women, are going to turn to Christ. They're going to turn to the Lord as a solution to their problem. Some of these women are going to recognize that mankind does not and cannot offer a solution to a problem of an unwanted pregnancy some of these women, even the smallest percentage, are going to turn to the Lord because that's what Christ did for us when we, were, when we were still sinners, when we were still seeking an abortion, when we were still practicing fornication and getting pregnant. Christ died for us. That spirit of Christ, that whispering of the Holy Spirit is going to penetrate through all the protests and all the news media sponsored by the left. And there are going to be at least a few women who will turn to Christ and who will start reading their Bible as a result of the overturning of Roe
2: versus Wade.
1: That's my contention this morning, and I'm sticking to
2: it. Thank you for hearing me, gentlemen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you always hope for salvation in the midst of all these things. And uh, I think, Pastor Jeff, we would concur with that 1,000%. Nothing more than souls being saved. Amen. It's just the loss of those 50, uh, what, 90 million that were murdered and the world thinking that somehow that's going to be excused. I just don't see that. But if they turn to Christ, there can be redemption. Praise the Lord. Let's hope so. Pastor Jeff, we have come to the end of our broadcast. Sir, do you have any final comments for today? Or about what you just went well,
0: well, I just want to add, I mean, that was a great word there from from, from the gentleman there. I, I just I just think that we need to, as I've been saying, of course, pray, pray, pray. But one specific thing I, I believe we need to pray for for the strength and conviction of those Supreme Court justices, because one of the things that I believe as part of the leak, because as I was reading something where it said that, you know, basically this was the decision was supposed was supposed to be uh, rendered or read, I guess, uh, end of June or sometime next month or July, but they leaked it. Mm -hmm. So in the the article I was reading was saying I, I, I it may have happened uh in the past in history or whatever, but the bottom line I'm getting to is uh the judges can reverse what the, you know they could change their mind or, or 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 their votes because it's like not official yet, so uh, I just kind of feel in my spirit that this you know fear is a, fear is strong, but faith is greater." but you know the enemy uses specializes in using fear and intimidation so i just pray that none of the none of the justices who as it was leaked the ones who you know i think it was going to be 5 5 to 4 or whatever that they don't they don't they don't acquiesce they don't give in you know that they stand strong in the lord you know because that that's that's tough man when in the natural, when some you know you're intimidated or your family or anything like that, so I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that 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 those men and women who are standing on the word of God, who who've taken that step of faith to 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 believe and trust God, that that God would encamp ministering angels around them, that He would cover them with with His blood, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, that He will protect their families, their children, and their children's children and that the enemy will be stopped by the blood in the name of Jesus. And and we give God the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. All right, Pastor Jeff Bass, thank you, and thank you for being patient with me today. I'm going to talk to you in a little bit. I'll give you a shot when I have some uh, some minutes. I'm going to talk to you about something I saw while we were on the air, okay?
0: No problem. Hallelujah. I'll be here.
2: All right, brother. All right, God, God bless, bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Pastor Jeff Bass, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, we're going to say goodbye. I want to just bring your attention, if you're still on YouTube or on Facebook right now, uh, to a telephone number that is on the air, and here it is. And that number, 479 3774 is there for you to text or call if there is something you need prayer for. If you need help with anything, there are intercessors on the other side of that line that will be praying for you that could assist you in whatever struggles you may be going through. And um, praise God. I think we all need that little, you know, lifeline. We need that help once in a while. And so uh, if you're out there today and you're just feeling, man, I just, man, I could really use some prayer right now for whatever. Uh, situation you may be involved in or, or aware of. Uh, get the prayer you need, 479 3774 Tomorrow, I hope to have Brother Don Huddle on the air with me. We'll be looking forward to seeing you then. It is Thursday. It is the fourth day of ER. You are in the passage month from Deliverance into Revelation. Get cleaned up. We're all going to do it. Have a super blessed Thursday. We love you and God bless you. We're, by the way, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you need to do is go to OmegaRadio.org. OmegaRadio.org. And you'll be able to find us um, 24 hours a day, seven days. I'm always missing this thing. There it is. So Omega radio.org. Just turn it on and hit the little button, listen live, and you'll be able to tune in to all these broadcasts and listen throughout the day and share with your friends. Omega Radio, God bless you. Have a super blessed day. Shalom. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.